Welcome to the Right Take Podcast, news, ideas, and conversations at the intersection of politics and culture, a project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I will be your host, Mark Tapson. Welcome back to the Right Take Podcast. I am your aforementioned host, Mark Tapson. Thank you for joining me here. Let's talk about education today, shall we? I frequently lament the fact that American public schools no longer give students a solid foundation in, well, any subject anymore, but in particular, one that should be a critical subject for American youth, civics. Students today get a truckload of indoctrination into social justice activism, anti-Americanism, and programs like the New York Times debunked 1619 project, but there is less and less instruction about how our country was truly formed what makes it exceptional, how our system of government works, or is supposed to work, and what our God-given freedoms are. That's because the left, which dominates the field of education, of course, wants to rewrite history. They don't believe America is exceptional. They're not too thrilled about some of our freedoms, like the First or Second Amendments. And they don't want our youth to be informed about civics, because while they crow all the time about how the right is a threat to democracy— The left doesn't want a democracy. They want totalitarian control, and you can't have that with citizens who are informed about their rights and who actively defend them in the voting booth. To seize and maintain power, you have to have a dumbed-down electorate that is apathetic about voting, that doesn't know or care enough about their rights and freedoms to stand up for them and fight for them, that wants to be taken care of by a big government, and that is distracted by manufactured crises, that's kept in a state of permanent agitation about manufactured social injustice, and that's whipped into a frenzy of fear and hatred of manufactured boogeymen like white supremacists. Needless to say, this is a very difficult learning environment in which to raise children to be patriotic citizens, and in fact, patriotism is now viewed as the last refuge of white supremacist nationalists especially in this time of pandemic lockdowns and school closures, America-loving parents who suddenly find themselves homeschooling their younger children need all the help they can get finding educational resources about our country that aren't corrupted by progressive propaganda, that will inspire children to be proud of and more informed about our history, and that will help shape what Thomas Jefferson called an educated electorate, upon which rests the cornerstone of democracy. Years ago, a friend of mine named Amelia Hamilton found herself faced with a similar problem. Having trouble finding a patriotic book for a friend's small child that would teach him about America and spark his interest in American history, Hamilton decided to write one herself. That was ultimately the origin of her website, growingpatriots.com, which features a podcast that's growing in popularity and aimed at a young audience. She hosts experts on topics about early America who answer real questions posed by real children on the broadcast. Every patriot needs a place to start, the site declares, and that's why Growing Patriots is here. The podcast includes dozens of episodes of just the right length and tone for kids to digest on such topics as Paul Revere's Midnight Ride, the creation of the American military, Revolutionary Thanksgiving, Colonial Clothing and Music, the Boston Tea Party, the Pilgrims, and a whole lot more. By an amazing coincidence, Amelia Hamilton happens to be my guest today, and I'm going to talk to her about educating young people in civics, about her podcast, Growing Patriots, and about what we can do 
to begin steering American youth in the right direction to become a new generation of educated, patriotic citizens of this great country. So please stay with us here at the intersection of politics and culture. You don't want to miss this discussion. And don't forget to subscribe to The Right Takes so that you don't miss any of the important conversations we're having here. Remember, if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It really does help. We'll be right back with my guest after this awesome musical interlude. Don't touch that dial. guest today at the intersection of politics and culture is Amelia Hamilton, a writer and historian and the host of a podcast called Growing Patriots. She has a master's degree in both English and 18th century history from the University of St. Andrews in Scotland and a postgraduate diploma in fine and decorative arts from Christie's in London. She's a personal friend of mine, so I know for a fact that not only is she passionate about advancing liberty, but that she also loves hockey, old movies, and her Labrador Myrtle. Amelia Hamilton, welcome to the Right Take Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Mark. Tell us first uh, a little bit more about your background. How did you come to get your higher education in the UK, for example? Well, uh, I actually, I graduated high school early. So when I graduated, I had not applied to college yet. I planned to take a year off. And my mom and I went on a trip to Scotland. I'd always wanted to go. Um, So for graduation, we went. And um, we actually stopped by St. Andrews to get some some golf paraphernalia for my dad. (laughs) He had to have had to have a hat and things from the from the home of golf. And I saw the university and absolutely fell in love. So I filled out the application on the plane home. And that was that. Uh, And your degree in 18th century history, I'm assuming, probably focused on England and the American Revolution. And is is that what you what inspired you down the line to want to learn more about early America and to also share that passion or interest? Or had you always kind of had a fascination with that period of history? Yeah, I I always have. Um, I was actually just talking to my mom on Independence Day that we were joking that when I was little, my brothers would get so annoyed because I would always start sentences with, did you know that in colonial times? (laughs) And we were saying that it was funny that I turned out, you know, grew up to be exactly the same person still telling people what life was like in colonial times. What led you to feel that a project like Growing Patriots was necessary? And and why did you decide to be the one to launch it? Well, it started out, the first book um, is called um, One Nation Under God. And that is a counting book that goes from One Nation Under God, obviously, through 10 amendments in the Bill of Rights. And it's things like, um, you know, three branches of government, you know, that kind of thing. And I actually wrote it of my friend had a little boy who was learning how to count. So I just, I wrote a little book for him. Um, A friend at the time did some sketches and I just printed it out and stapled it. And, you know, it was, it wasn't much of anything. Um, But I started hearing from other parents, you know, that were in our circle um, asking if they could get a copy because, kids weren't learning this. And they were saying, you know, even their older kids weren't learning it. Some said, you know, the younger cohort said, you know, they hadn't really even learned these things in school and they thought they should know. And you know, I, I had no idea um, that kids really just weren't learning civics at all. So that's when I decided to, um, you know, make the real one, you know, got an illustrator, um, printer, graphic designer, all those things and self-published um, it did really well. So I did a Kickstarter for the second book and and then started the podcast a few years later. 
And the, so the first book is called One Nation Under God, a book for little patriots. And the second book is uh, Ten Steps to Freedom, A Growing Patriot's Guide to the American Revolution. Yep. And that is 10 events that took us from being a colony to our own country. And I don't want to give away any spoilers about that, but what are a couple of <laughs> what are a couple of those events? Um, there are things like the shot heard around the world and the, the Boston Tea Party, uh, all the way through to George Washington's inauguration. Both those books are written in a kind of a catchy rhyme, which makes them great read-alouds for parents. What's the, what's the age range of the audience for that for the for both those books? Um, about five to eight, probably. I definitely know some parents who, you know, since the first one especially is a counting book, you can point and learn to count. Um, or parents, you know, you can read them when they're a little bit older and talk a little bit more about about what you've read. But but basically about five to eight. And then the podcast is a little bit older, more like maybe 10 to 12. And what made you think about the podcast or, you know, what made you think about taking it to that next level, going up from the, the books to the podcast? Yeah, well, there are always a million things that, that I want to talk about and share with, with kids and make sure that they have a foundation in what America is really all about before, you know, in culture and in the classroom, they're going to be hearing some some kind of strange messages. And I want them to hear what's really going on and that America is something special. It was something that was fought for and we need to keep fighting for it. This didn't just happen. Um, so I felt like with everything that I wanted to share, you know, a podcast is a great way to do that. So um, I have kids come on for the, the topic of the week. The kids send in pre-recorded questions and then I have an expert come on to answer them. And kids come up with great questions and great insight. And I absolutely learn something in, in every episode myself. How many episodes do you have now? Um, I think episode 92 is what we just posted today. I think it was 92. Well, fantastic. Well, just looking at some of the most recent episodes on the website, there are topics like Colonial Christmas, um, Spain's role in the American Revolution, medicine in the revolution, women in the American revolution, Lafayette and the French Alliance, um, uniforms of the revolutionary era. Uh, you've got episodes on specific battles. You have episodes about revolutionary spies, kids in the revolution. You have a really wide range of interesting topics there, and they're made interesting for kids by these experts who I think do a great job of making them accessible to young listeners. How do you decide on the topics? And, and also, where do you find these experts? Well, really, we've just been going chronologically. So we started with why people decided to come to the new world. You know, what was what were the factors that made them, you know, want to leave their home country and leave everything behind? And it was, you know, this idea of of liberty. And then we've just gone through, you know, what colonial life was like, um, you know, the things that started happening to make America want to be separate from Great Britain. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of episodes on the revolution itself. And now we're we're just wrapping up the Bill of Rights. We've gone through what the Constitution means. Um, and then each amendment, we've done, done different episodes. Um, as for how I find the experts, that it's, gosh, it's all been different. Sometimes, you know, with things like when we got to the you know, first settlement at Jamestown, um, I, you know, just emailed to Jamestown Historic Site and they were, they were up for, a, for an episode. So sometimes if it's tied to a place, um, if it's something about a specific person, you know, I can find probably someone who's done 
um, you know, written a book about them or is a scholar on that person in some way. And, you know, most of the history nerds like me are excited to talk about this and especially with kids. So it's just, um, you know, it's another opportunity to, to help kids under understand. So people have been very generous with their time to do these episodes. As I got into the Constitution, um, you know, in my in my circle of, of friends and, and contacts, there are some constitutional lawyers um, or experts on, you know, the Second Amendment. I know I know a great Second Amendment expert, um, you know, some criminal justice um you know, people working in the criminal justice movement who could, you know, speak on why the Fourth Amendment is so important. And and I really like that that they help me tie it to why it's important today and why it still needs to be protected today. So that, you know, kids know this isn't just some document that was written 250 years ago. This is really important to their lives now. Absolutely. That's an important message to get out there. And that's one of the reasons I think your podcast is so important. Um, because of my toxic masculinity, my favorite episodes tend to be ones about battles or about George Washington, who happens to be a personal hero of mine. You also had a good episode recently featuring the expert you mentioned on the Second Amendment. I enjoyed that one. Uh, can you tell us a couple of your personal favorites of the topics that you've covered or your favorite experts? Gosh, I feel like the most recent episode is always my favorite one because it's the last one I listened to. Um, I really like, I really like the episodes that go into why it's also important. Um, so I've really enjoyed the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and understanding what it means to be a republic or why we were set up with an electoral college and why that is so ingenious. Um, I really I like the episodes that explain how things work and why, and they, how they all come back to that idea of liberty and um, you know, the people being sovereign. I will say these experts, everyone that I've heard on your podcast, they do an amazing job of making it accessible to kids, to younger listeners. That's not easy to do. And um, that's, um, I think that's one of the valuable things about your podcast is that it's really informative and interesting um, and I don't mean to suggest that your podcast is only for kids, by the way. My own kids, uh, the oldest of whom are 13 and 10, enjoy it. But I can personally vouch for the fact that your podcast is very enlightening and entertaining for adults, too. I learn quite a bit every time I listen to an episode. And God knows kids aren't the only age group that could use a little more exposure to information of this kind uh, about our country's founding and about our rights and about how our government works or is how at least how it's supposed to work. I don't see a whole lot of evidence anymore that it is working. But um, in fact, I think there are a lot of people in our political class who need to sit down and listen regularly to your show. <laughs> so listeners, if your kids are all grown up and out of the house, don't think that this podcast has nothing to offer you. Recommend it first to your children uh, that they listen to it with their kids, but also check it out for yourselves as well. Uh, what about the kids in your audience? I don't know how much feedback you get, but what kinds of episodes and topics do your kids really respond to and get engaged about? Um, the kids have really liked the episodes. Gosh, I'm trying to think of the ones that got the best feedback. Um, certainly the battles, like you mentioned, those are exciting. And um, I think maybe the episodes about colonial life also, you know, what people were wearing, um, what kind of jobs people had, what toys kids had to play with. Um, you know, I think, I think those have been, those have been really fun. Well, that's good to hear because, you know, young people today more than ever before seem completely absorbed in their cell phones or their 
other devices or or TikTok and other brain numbing distractions. So it's uh, I think this is such a great outlet for kids to um, you know to access this stuff that that can be made really interesting for them and exciting. Uh, speaking of parents, as I did a minute ago, I imagine that Growing Patriots gets a lot of interest and appreciation from homeschoolers, especially since the pandemic, which sent, you know, parents scrambling to find good educational resources online. Did you find that the pandemic increased interest in your podcast or boosted your listeners at all? I did. Um, And definitely as more parents explore homeschool um, and as even even just when the parents were realizing, you know, during Zoom school, what kids were and were not learning, they were looking for more supplemental materials like this. I also um, even heard from a couple of teachers who were having their kids listen at home, and then that was something they could discuss in their in their Zoom sessions later. So it was it was um, an opportunity to to reach more kids. It was obviously not not a great time. I wish schools hadn't been closed and. You know, there are certainly things that things that we would do differently looking back. But um, but I am I am glad that it was an opportunity for for more kids to to find out about us. hearing from the teachers who kind of anticipated my next question, which was going to be, if you ever got any inquiries from public school teachers or administrators about incorporating what you do into their teaching, um, I I imagine that in the current educational environment, the pro-American, pro-God viewpoint that you promote isn't exactly woke enough. Um, So I'm curious if you've received any feedback, positive or negative, from uh, "Quote unquote uh, official educators." Uh, well, you know, I don't always know when I hear from a teacher if you know they sometimes will say I teach at a charter school or a Christian school, um, but if they don't, I don't necessarily know. Um, I will say that in my in my own community, um, I live in Virginia, and I'm with I also am a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution, and with the DAR, um, we go you know, into a lot of classrooms and do civics lessons. So part of that is I'll go in and, and read to the kids and do a Q&A. Um, and I will say that we have not had any luck with the public schools wanting us <laughs> to come in uh, to read. The, the local Christian schools and charter schools have been wonderful and welcoming. And um, the kids have really impressed me with their great questions and their great, you know, insight. Kids, you know, kids have can have um, some pretty interesting questions that make you make you look at things differently, but but so far, um, you know, the first book does talk about faith, um, so I, under, I I understand that that's not always welcome in public schools. But the second one is really just here's what happened in the revolution, and we haven't we haven't had much luck with that one either. Uh, that that is absolutely tragic. Uh, it's unsurprising, but tragic. Uh, any other ideas about how you could expand Growing Patriots? Oh my gosh, I've got nothing but ideas about how I want to expand. Um, you know, I would love to do, like you mentioned, my books are in rhyme, so I think that they lend themselves well to be little songs. I would love to do some music or um, you know, even cartoons that go with the with with those. Um, you know, currently I have I have the Substack newsletter, which is more for the grown ups. It's called Growing Patriots, and it just it has the 
you can civics news and commentary on, I'm sorry, civics education news on how things are going in the schools, which, you know, spoiler alert is, is not great. Our civics and history test scores are plummeting and um, there doesn't seem to be, uh, not, not only is there not a plan to turn it around, but I don't think there's any desire to turn that around. So I have that newsletter and in there, you know, there are, you know, links to the latest podcast episodes and everything. So you can stay up to date. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm just trying to get the message out to parents and grandparents and just concerned citizens about, about why this is so necessary and then get the word out to kids that, that America, I guess America is also necessary. This is, we have a special position in the world and, and what we do is important. I think it's really got to be a kind of a grassroots um, spreading of the message that is going to take it's it's really going to be an uphill battle to try to turn that ocean liner or the culture around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a big it's a big cultural difference. Like you said, there are things like you know the sixteen nineteen project, which you know was was debunked, but it's winning all kinds of awards anyway. And um, you know there there's a lot of of misinformation out there, or um, you know mis misrepresentations. And you know, I certainly I don't. My podcast and my books, they do not pretend that America has always been perfect. Um, you know, as we went through the colonial period, you know, we did, we talked, you know, it, we did not, um, you know, remove references to slavery. And we talked about, um, even in, you know, in the revolution, slaves were made promises, you know, if they would fight on the side of the loyalists, you know, you could have your freedom, or if you would do this, you could have your freedom. Um, and, you know, those promises were, were broken in many cases. And we, we talk about that. Um, but that is not, that doesn't have to be the focus. It doesn't have to be the only thing you talk about. And you can talk about it in the context of, of everything else that happened. And, you know, I always go back to, um, you know, our founders said a more perfect union. And we are always, I love that it's aspirational. We're always working toward being more perfect. Yes, I think that's one of the major fallacies about conservatives and patriots is that uh, is that we don't want to hear any of the bad news about America? Is that we want to whitewash Black history? We want to whitewash slavery and just erase it from the curriculum, and uh, that we don't want to hear anything bad about America or, or its history or its past? That is absolutely not true. I don't know a single conservative who wants to deny that that any of that ever happened, or who wants to erase. Um, slavery, teaching the teaching of slavery. The difference is that the left wants to inculcate um, a, an entire worldview that puts America at the center of slavery, and uh, that you know, like the 1619 Project, posits that America was founded not in liberty and justice for all, but in slavery and bigotry. To shift gears a little bit, you're also involved in another podcast, which you co-host with our mutual friend. The Fox News commentator and popular podcaster Kira Davis. Kira actually did an episode of The Right Take not that long ago when we discussed her new book, Drawing Lines. What is it that you cover on your podcast with Kira Davis? Well, this is this is some some pretty heavy hitting stuff. Um, our podcast is called A Very Merry Podcast, and we talk about all of those wholesome movies that you find on on channels like Hallmark or we've been into the Great American Family Channel lately. Um, but you know, we started off with just the Christmas movies. It was a seasonal podcast, and now we are 
we are into it. We are going year round talking about those wholesome movies that we all love. <laughs> so it's not a heavy duty political commentary. It's more of a guilty pleasure thing. It is. It is. We, we never, we never get political on there. Um, you know, that's, that's just a show that is just for fun and it's fun for us to take a break from, from political life and, you know, the, the stresses of, of that and just of life in general. And we hope it's the same for our listeners. It's just a great way to relax. We watch, we watch a movie, uh, Kira and I watch a movie independently and then get together and, um, do a recap and talk about it. And, um, there is some gentle but loving mockery because, you know, we are fully aware these movies are not a reflection of reality. Um, we call it Christmas land and the things that happen in Christmas land, you know, their, their big problems, you know, or if somebody stole their pie recipe or something like that is, is the big scandal. Um, and everything, everyone turns out to be kind or they get their comeuppance and everyone is okay at the end. And I think that we all need a little bit of that in our lives. Absolutely right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a break from politics. I think that's one of the major differences between conservatives and progressives these days is that conservatives, just generally speaking, don't care about politics. We just don't want to have to talk about it or deal with it, um, except you know, to the minimum necessary to keep our lives going. But uh, we just we just want to get on with life and uh, uh, raising families and and starting businesses and things like that. We don't want to have to live and breathe politics 24-7. And that's the kind of culture that we live in now where every single thing in our lives has been politicized and it, it gets exhausting. So I think it's great that you and Kira have kind of taken a break from that. Uh, now, I'm about to politicize it a little bit with this with this question. Uh, since you know, Hallmark and Lifetime Network and uh, the kinds of networks that you that you and Kira watch and uh, comment on their movies. Those movies have always been kind of a bastion of cis heteronormative old fashioned male female romance. Um, so have you and Kira noticed wokeness making any inroads into the storylines or the casting? I mean, are there now pansexual drag queen characters who introduce themselves with their personal pronouns and twerk for children? <laughs> uh, I have not seen any, any pansexuals. No, um, <laughs> they, they have had um, a couple of uh, gay storylines in the last couple of years. Um, and they just, the Hallmark movies, um, you know, Kira and I made the switch. We mostly watch great American family now, which we, which happened last Christmas. We started out with Hallmark as usual and the movies just weren't as good. And it wasn't about, you know, there being LGBT characters or anything like that. They just, they had lost some of the, the charm to them. Like they were, um, you know, Kira and I always, we, one thing that we loved was that no one ever lived together before they were married. You know, only married couples were ever living together or even spent a night. They always made it very clear, you know, if somebody was snowed in in a blizzard, um, you know, that man was sleeping on the couch and there were 15 other people <laughs> chaperoning. So don't, don't think anything funny went on. Um, and they never kissed until the very end, you know, and we, we love that. And we, you know, we know it's cheesy, but, but we, we, we loved it. It was part of how life works in Christmas land. And, you know, last year there were, there were characters that were living together or characters, um, you know, well, we've been dating for, you know, eight years, we've been living together for five and, you know, we can, we can talk to people in real life <laughs> if that's what we want. Um, 
you know, we want we want the the cheesy Hallmark romance, um, which a lot of the the like original Hallmark, um, you know, some of the executives and people like that, as well as some of the the bigger actors like Candace Cameron Bure is probably the main one that people will know. Um, you know, they went over to Great American Family, started this new network, and that's where we've been finding finding that magic that was kind of the old school Hallmark formula lately. I think it's good to have a place like that where families can go for family entertainment. I mean, it may seem a little bit cheesy, but that's only in comparison to the 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 just unimaginable decadence of of our culture generally speaking. Uh we really it's really getting more and more difficult to find good family entertainment. Uh I think it's uh terribly sad that our culture has lost that kind of innocence that uh, that you and Kira are searching for in some of those networks. Amelia, what is the best way for people to keep up with Growing Patriots podcast and uh, anything else that you might be doing in the future? Are you much of a social media person? Um, I am, yes. So, if well, my my personal Twitter is at Amelia Hammy. If you want the the political stuff and a, a thousand pictures of my dog, it's Amelia Hammy on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> um, for Growing Patriots, it is at Growing Patriots on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, but perhaps the easiest would be just to subscribe to the Substack, which is called Extraordinary America. Um, and that'll come straight to your inbox with links to, to every new episode and, and make it easy on you. I am a subscriber to it myself, and I can vouch for... Um for how good it is, and I encourage people to subscribe. Amelia Hamilton, thanks for coming on today to the Right Take Podcast. Please keep up the great and necessary work that you are doing with Growing Patriots. Thank you so much, Mark. People, if you care about educating and inspiring the next generation of American youth to become the patriots that this country desperately needs now, and I know you do care about that, then check out Amelia's podcast at growingpatriots.com and share it far and wide. Thanks for joining us. Just another reminder to subscribe to The Right Take so you don't miss any of the conversations we're having here. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It really helps. Thanks, and see you next time. The Right Take with Mark Tapson is a project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center and Front Page Magazine. Unauthorized reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited. <laughs>